Welcome to the Read Scripture Podcast. The goal of Read Scripture is to get people alone with God in His Word. For more information, visit readscripture.org. One of the Psalms we read this week was Psalm 42. And it starts with these words, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? This is one of the first passages I memorized when I became a Christian. I don't know why it was, a, but I still remember it. I remember my youth pastor reading it and asking us to memorize this. And back then, it was just, it was just poetry to me. Like, okay, that's that's beautiful. We long for God. We should pant for Him like a deer pants for water. But it wasn't a reality to me. In fact, I, I didn't even get it. Um, until, until more recently where you realize, okay, this, this is not just uh, a nice poem and this is not just an idea or a person way back then that was, you know, using hyperbole to talk about his relationship with God, but you understand this is at the heart of what God wants for all of us. Like, like for this to be a reality where, where he says, okay, you know how a deer, you know, is just panting like, Oh, he just wants these these moving waters, you know, because of his thirst. He says, that's the way my soul wants you. My soul pants for God. You understand, this is at the core of so much of what this podcast is all about. This is why we want people in the Word and getting alone with God, alone with Him, is because... So much of what we talk about with Christianity doesn't get to this core. So much of what what church can get distracted with doesn't get to this me as a human being. I personally, Francis Chan, long for him, the living God. Like, I want the person of God. I want everyone else away. I, I just want to get alone and just meet with him, just be with him, just me and him. And so I open up his word and I listen to what he has to say to me and I respond to him and I just seek, seek, seek his presence. That's what this podcast is about. It's not, hey, here's a few things I found in our our teaching. It's let me teach you how to read the word of God so that you can get alone and no one else is around because your soul pants for him, longs for him. Is that true of you? As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? It's like, okay, what do I want? God is not a means to an end. It's about, I want him. I want the living God. See, this isn't a religion where there's some idol and we're, we're performing some duties to some idol. No, there's a living God. There's a person who longs for us. And the question is, is do I long for him? Do I pant for him like a deer pants for streams of water? 
In too many churches, we, we, we make promises like, oh, if you follow God, you'll get this, 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 this. Follow God, he'll help you with this, this. And some of that may be true, but that was not the intention. That's not the, the, the crux of scripture. It is about those of us who just count it as an honor to be in the presence of God. And like the psalmist is saying, it's like, when can I meet with him? When can I just appear before him? When can I get done with my work? When can I, you know, can I get up early enough? Can I just get away from everything else? Because I just want to be with him. Is that your greatest desire? His presence, his person, a true relationship with the living God. That's why even books like Leviticus that we just read through that that some people would just find so boring, those of us who long for him can find a book like Leviticus absolutely fascinating because we understand who he is. We understand his holiness and how the book of Leviticus, I know it seemed tedious and even the beginning of numbers and all these things you have to do before you actually come into the presence of God. It's, it's, it's like a, someone explained it to me this week like this. They said it's, it's like a, a room that's radioactive. Okay, like if you were asked to go into the room that's, that's extremely radioactive. You know, we've seen movies where someone's trapped in a room that's radioactive or has some disease and you see them behind the glass and it's like, ah, I can't open the door and they start melting or, you know, whatever. It, it's, it's that whole idea of I can't go into that room. There's something in that room that my body cannot handle. And so, so, so a lot of times you'll see like in a movie or whatever, or I was reading about Fukushima there in, in Japan and how the people, you know, that even get close to that, that power plant, that the nuclear uh, site that was destroyed by this, the tsunami, it's like everything, uh, everything they have to wear and all the rituals they have to go through, you know, three pairs of socks, rubber boots, all this stuff around all of their body. And then they have to put ice ice packs inside of these suits because they're so hot inside these helmets and these breathing masks and everything else that they're prepared so that they don't touch that, their skin doesn't touch and isn't exposed to that radioactivity. They need to go through this process to enter into that room. And that's the book of Leviticus. It it reminds us that God is not like another human being that we just stroll into his presence. Like, Like with his holiness comes a danger. That you and I, as human beings, we can't just walk. I hope you're getting that. When when you're reading about Moses and and him telling the people, look, you can't just go up the mountain. You can't follow me up there. Then Leviticus says you can't just enter into the Holy of Holies. You can't just come into the presence of God how you please. And and so it's like the manual, like entering into this radioactive room. Well, here's the manual for getting into the presence of God. And here's all of the rituals and the cleansings and the clothing and the sacrifices, all so that a person can come before the living God. And so you read it, it should fascinate you and go, man, God is other than. Entering the Holy Holies is is not like entering any other room. The closest thing we can come to is something that's, that's radioactive or dangerous or just 
other than what is normal and natural. And here the psalmist is saying, but God, I want that. I want you in all of your holiness and all of your power. There's nothing like coming before you. And I long for that. I long to be in your presence. And as we uh, continue from Leviticus into the book of Numbers, just a couple things I, I want to point out there. Again, it's it's not just the the rituals of cleansing back then, but there was even a, there was the heart check, the heart attitude where you see the people complaining, um, you know, in chapter 11, where they're complaining about just the, the provisions and, and God gets angry and fire comes down and starts consuming the camp. Um, you have a... <coughs> You have Miriam and uh, and Aaron who start talking about Moses behind his back. And again, God gets consumed with anger. You know, he says, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Um, In Numbers 12, verse 8, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed. Uh, It's this, it's things that sometimes we treat as common, like, no big deal to complain about the elders or the leaders of the church. No big deal to just complain about our circumstances and, and wonder why we're in this predicament. Uh, and yet you read and you go, wow, that kindled the Lord's fire. And so this heart attitude, as you read through the book of Numbers, we've really got to check ourselves and go, gosh, Am I guilty of some of these same things that God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he still hates that complaining. He still hates that gossip. And I I think the part that that hit me the most was uh, chapters 13 and 14 when you you talk about the spies um, that that go into the land. And and I don't know if you caught that, but just... You've got 10 spies who get the people thinking, oh, yeah, we can't go in there. The land's not that great. There's giants in there. We'll never defeat these people. And the people, they actually start crying in chapter 14. When they hear this, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't go to the promised land. We can't do it. Um, Meanwhile, you've got two people. You got Joshua and Caleb, who it's so beautiful. They have this childlike faith where they're trying to um, they're trying to fire everyone up. They're trying to tell people, no, we can do this. In, in chapter 14, verse 8, it says, If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred to us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So you've got these two people that are saying, look, it doesn't matter. That army, that they're like pieces of bread. I don't know what that means, but it's it sounds like they're just soft. We can just eat them. They're nothing. It's like jello. It's just this big group. They're nothing. If the Lord delights in us, that's all that matters. I mean, isn't the whole Bible about people that have this attitude? 
that have this confidence that say, I can do anything. This is just like what he teaches in the in the New Testament, that, that we can do more. He can give us more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that's at work in us. It's that Ephesians 1 passage where, he, where he's talking about this immeasurable greatness of power toward us. It's Jesus saying, saying I, you'll be able to do these things. You'll do even greater things than these if you believe in me. And, and here you have this Joshua and Caleb. They're going, this is just, these are just people. We're, we're worshiping this holy God. Remember everything we have to go through just to come into his presence. And they're just saying the Lord is with us, so we don't have to fear people. But meanwhile, you've got these 10 people, the other 10 spies that have turned the whole nation against those who believe. And, uh, and, and here's what God says in verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs I have done among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and dis disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. He, he says to Moses, remember earlier when he was talking about Moses, he was just talking about his faithfulness. How, how you know, when he was talking to uh, uh, Miriam and, and uh Miriam and Aaron, how uh, he says in verse 7 of chapter 12, you know, he goes, my servant Moses, he is faithful in all my house. Like he's the most faithful one. And so here God is saying, look, I'm tired of these people. And how about I just destroy them all? And Moses, let me just start over with you. You're faithful. I'll make you into a great nation. Forget all these people. And, and then Moses is like, no, you can't do that because then what will the Egyptians think? And, and, he, and he argues based upon the glory of the Lord. But, but what I want to point out is, is the words that God used when he spoke to Moses about the people's disbelief. Yeah, he does question, you know, how long are they going to keep doing this and not believe in me? But the first phrase he uses is, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I've done among them. <clears throat> Despise. This is how strongly God feels about our lack of faith. He, he looks at it as a despising of him. <laughs> He's ready to destroy this whole group of people because of their lack of faith. And I guess what I, I, I just had to look into my own heart this week, and I hope you looked into yours to go, God, okay, some of these things that we think are no big deal, like complaining or speaking bad against leadership, or, or even here, a lack of faith in God's supernatural power, am I guilty of these things? Because God does not take lightly these things. Look at your life right now. Do you resemble those 10 spies who look at difficult situations with the sense of, ah, oh, this is too hard. This is too difficult. Or are you like the two good spies that go, no, I can do this. 
I can do this because sometimes we don't look at this as a sin. You know, when we look in the mirror and go, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I mean, some even look at that as humility. That's not humility. Humility is humbling yourselves before God, getting over yourself and, and making it not about you and saying, you know what? God can do anything through me. It's trust in these promises. That was the beauty of people like Moses. That was the beauty of, of Joshua and Caleb. They knew what God was capable of. And in churches today, we don't talk a whole lot about this. We don't, we don't realize what a great sin it is when we don't believe in the power of God through us. Look at your life. What are the things that God has called you to do? I mean, maybe it's because we don't see that holiness of God. We don't take time to understand the book of Leviticus and understand what a, what a terrifying thing it is to enter into the presence of the holy God. And because we don't understand his power, then we come to situations like this um, where we would see a land like that and be afraid because we're not staring at the power and the glory of God. And that's also why we don't long for him like a deer pants for streams of water because we don't see him as a big deal. It's not that big a deal to come before the living God. So I don't need to take the time and it's not an awesome thing that I pant for. And when you do that, then you end up living a powerless life because you don't realize just that incredible power that you have access to. That's what Jesus did on the cross, was he enabled us to come into that type of presence, that type of being, and draw upon that type of power. That's what this time is all about, is to encourage you to go to that mountaintop, go to that holy of holies, meet with the living God. And I hope you're doing that faithfully. And I hope your times with him are not getting dry because we just went through the book of Leviticus. But instead, I hope that you get even more excited realizing, wow, this is who I enter. And, you know, this is the presence in which I enter into every time I come before him with the word of God. Thank you for listening to the Read Scripture podcast. Read Scripture is a collaboration between The Bible Project and Crazy Love Ministries. For more information on The Bible Project, visit jointhebibleproject.com. For more information on Crazy Love Ministries, visit crazylove.org.